You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Kinney Show. This week I have joining me Courtney McCarthy, who is the CEO and founder of Loyobo Fit, which is a virtual community dedicated to helping women ditch giant culture, find joy in the moment, and to figure out how to love their body, which is such a cool company. I'm so glad that you're doing this work, Courtney. Thank you so much for being on the show. So do you want to start by maybe sharing with our listeners how you got into this and maybe sharing your story? Definitely. So I experienced the same issues with my body that so many women out there I know all have, especially when it comes to fitness and movement. So I spent my early 20s basically hating how I looked and any possible fad fitness and diet and cleanse and extreme thing. But really the goal was feeling better about myself. So I had a little bit of a moment an aha moment, if you will, when, you know, I finally lost a ton of weight. I was in a body that would be deemed by many standards, the ideal flat stomach, you know, very small. It didn't feel any better about myself. I got a ton of external validation and, and people telling me how good I looked that was originally around losing weight just simply became about keeping it off maintaining it. And it became this fear then of holding on to what I'd found. So it still didn't translate into me loving myself and having more confidence and being able to do the thing I wanted to do in life. So that was a big part as to not only how I became a fitness instructor, I wasn't a typical fitness instructor story of, you know, super athletic when I was young and went to school for it. It, it kind of grew out of, again, my own self-love and discovery journey. And I also saw my pain echoed in people I was interacting with at the gyms. And I saw how toxic the fitness industry was as far as like, again, this pushing this narrative of only value in working out is losing weight, that you have to look a certain way that gyms were really unwelcoming space for women, especially women in, you know, marginalized bodies or women in older bodies or women with injuries. And that's how Loyoba Fit came about. It was about me learning about the body positive movement, learning about the anti-diet space and realizing that I wanted to create a community that was focused from kind of the bottom up of helping women to learn how to reconnect with their bodies in a way, how to look at movement in a different way. And ideally in a way that's like stress-free and feels good. And it's about fun and connect with other women who are on the same journey. So that's my story in, in like the Coles notes version. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. That's great. And just so you guys know, Loyo is short for love your body, which I think is yes. so cool. Thank you. <laughs> which is awesome. And we've touched on this on other episodes on the show. You know, I think that 
Well, it's interesting. I always ask women, like when they come in and they say, hey, I want to lose weight. I'm like, okay, that's great that that's your goal. What is it about that? Like, what are you wanting? Are you wanting more confidence? Are you wanting, like, and they usually say, I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel good. That's what they want. But the trick really is to start feeling good about your body now, right? Like, and start making those decisions. Like, hey, we chatted on this episode a couple of weeks ago, like make your food choices on it. Is this going to make me feel good or is this going to make me feel bad? I think all of your health choices should be based off of that simple decision. This is going to make me feel good. This is going to make me feel bad. You know, if you're going to go for a run, you want to do it because you want to feel good. You don't want to do Mm -hmm. it because it's going to deplete you and exhaust you and then all the X reasons for either over-exercising or do we want to not eat that food? Is that going to make you feel better if you're restricting? Or I think, and you can maybe speak to this, that choosing to feel good is the best thing that we can do for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And it's what the science echoes, which is a huge portion, I think, of the research that is largely ignored by like the fitness and health communities is the fact that when we focus on weight loss as the goal, it really doesn't work. Yeah. Like, because if you think about diets, they're structured around losing weight. And so many of us, when it comes to the shame that comes with that, the guilt, the lack of motivation, the, the self-esteem hits that, that all comes with that. And the frustration, those are things that we can avoid when we shift our focus change how we define health. When we change how we define fitness, when we, as you said, ask our question of like, how can I choose love in this moment? Mm-hmm. How can I focus on what makes my body feel good? And that's such a large my body looks like. Yes. And I think, especially when it comes to women and it's why it's my passion working with women, because I think that much of what we're told when it comes to our value as people <laughs> is based on our bodies is based yeah. on how show up and present ourselves in our life. And I think that it's such a disservice how we get to contribute to the world. And, and I think what the world could be if all of us took that time and our energy, we spend again, focusing on our outward appearance, hating our bodies, trying to change how we look and spend that going after big dreams and big energy and being the main character in our lives and doing the things that light us up and get back to our community and take positions of power. So that's, you know, why I always say that what we do here, while fitness is a massive part of what we do, because I believe that getting your body moving can be extremely powerful. It's not just about looking a certain way. It's about truly out there and creating the life that you want. And you're not going to get there if you're spending your time and energy focusing on weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good message. And I, I always like to couple this message with, it's also okay to care about how you look. And it's also okay to yeah. want to look good and to present <laughs> yourself in a good way. And I think like sometimes when I was first kind of having this conversation, they were like, wait, are you telling me I shouldn't want to look good? I'm like, no, 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 no. You should. It's okay to want to look good and to want to feel good about the way you look. But I think it's where you get caught up on it. That's the only way that you're getting value. And I think that's where, you know, uh-huh. you, we can be valued for so many things. And it's okay to be valued because you look good and present yourself well. But that shouldn't be the only thing that's, you know, as you said, like getting external validation, you should be getting validation from yourself, right? You should be, there should be like, you should have words from other things. Yeah. And I think it comes back to, again, the story that you're telling yourself. I think that we often equate health and weight loss. Yes. And, you know, when it comes to, as you said, like, what are your goals and how do you want to feel? What do you want to be able to do in your life? So it's completely okay to, you know, 
uh, I always say that like, you know, when you argument against positive body positivity, you're like, well, obesity is so bad. It comes with all these health risks. It, you know, are you saying that we should just eat whatever we want or like give up on exercise? And the answers to the movement piece is like, no. And the answer to the food piece, yes, is, is if you're making choices that make your body feel good, health is going to go hand in hand with that. Yes. And you can be healthy at a lot of different sizes and owe anyone healthy for any, for anyone other than ourselves, right. Of, of there's this like ableist aspect to this conversation as well of, of even removing the shame and the feelings of loss. And like, when like your body is going to change, there are going to be times when you don't feel healthy. There are going to be times when you weight. there's going to be times when you lose weight and really like holding space for that, like human existence yeah, and giving ourselves much more room to, to be who we are and not feel down on ourselves. Cause if the chasing of weight loss and then of changing your body is making you feel like crap, which is probably most of the people that you see and most of the people that yes, I see, that's, yes. what they're, that's what they're seeking out support. That's what we want to change. It's about taking the stress out of it. It's about taking the shame out of it. It's about taking the guilt out of it. And with that, like, I find that when, when you're able to do this work, when you're able to make these shifts, that stress motivation often ends up going away because it feels good. And we want to yeah. do things that feel good in our bodies. Just, yeah. Just make it easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I liked what you said about like that, you know, we need to like allow for our bodies to go through change, particularly as a woman. I mean, I say this yeah. almost every day. I'm like, the only thing constant about being a female is that you are going to change. Your hormones are going to yeah. change. Your dietary needs are going to change. Your exercise needs are going to change. We change every six or seven years. You know, just like you watch mm-hmm. your kids, they change, you know, our needs change and our bodies will also change. You know, someone who's yeah. a female who's in their 20s cycling, is going to be very different from a female who's in their 30s and has two small children. Will be very different yeah. from someone who's in their 40s who has teenage. Will be very different for someone who's in their 50s and is perimenopausal or menopausal. You know, our bodies are going to look different. You know, you can't expect to have a 20-year-old body when you're 50. That doesn't mean you can't feel good and feel good about how you look, but it might not be, you can't really compare yourself to your last self. I think is, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to get that mental shift out of your brain, but it can be done. And I think I'm assuming working with you, you work on mindset, right? Yeah, we do. We do a lot about, we have four pillars of our self-love formula. So part of it is revolutionizing how you feel about fitness. You see fitness and movement in your life and change again, definitions of success there. We do a lot on mindset, which is understanding the power of language, understanding how to make these sort of shifts, like what it actually looks like in your day-to-day life. We also do nourishment, which is where we talk about mindful eating, getting rid of those food police rules and the morality around food and understanding what an anti-approach looks like. And then we also really talk about community because this is definitely not something that is easy to do on your own. So (laughs) really, really support. And, you know, something I wanted to come back to with it, which in what you said, Erin, was also when people are thinking one way, one tip that I can provide in the how to start making this shift if they're like, well, but I do want to change my body or there's certain things that I want to on. So something that we really focus on in the Loyola community is facility-based goals. Or another way of framing this is functional goals. Saying like, what do you want to do in your life? Like, what do you want to be able to do with your body? Not to your body, but with your goals that I hear is like finally being able to do a push-up or being able to walk up a flight of steps without getting out of breath. So those are ways in which we're just saying, you know, 
I can't do something now that I would like to be able to do. And I recognize that my quality of life would improve if I'm able to do these things. So we can make those goals out of a place of love again. And it's not saying my body is broken or not good enough now. It's saying there's something I recognize that I can't do that I want to be able to do. And yes. that again is a way that we can shift our focus yeah. and make choices that make us feel good, as you said. Well, and just in that, just in the act, like in the act of setting that goal, you're saying, I want to do, it's like, you almost believe that you can do, you're like, this is a goal I'm going to attain. Exactly. So, so it's like a shifting <laughs> your mindset versus like, I think the negative talk, and I hear this a lot and we talk about it a lot is my body's broken. I can't do this. I can't, you know, all the, I can't, I can't, I can't, or uh -huh. my body isn't good enough or it never does this. Your body hears that. And more importantly, your cells hear that. And your yeah. brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what you think. So uh -huh. if you're constantly thinking a negative thought about your body, you're going to end up, that's going to end up being what your story is, which is a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit mind opening, a little crazy once you realize that. But when you do, you're like, oh, wait, I just changed my, I changed what I say to myself. And you're going to see some big shifts in your life and in your body. Yeah. And especially because so many of us, especially as women have this all or nothing mentality and, and this all or nothing idea or definition of, again, what it means to be healthy, successful, attractive, desirable, whatever, that doesn't have any wiggle room. And we can talk about this on so many levels. Like, as you said, like, you know, hormonal and monthly cycles, we can talk about this from like a prenatal postpartum viewpoint. We can talk about this from an aging viewpoint or just from like a mental health life is crazy. <laughs> well, and that's a big one too. I mean, I think that's another thing that I have noticed in the last two years, our bodies have been through a lot. I mean, our brains exactly, have been through a lot, yeah. but our bodies have had to carry us through this unparalleled stressful event in history. And, you know, and now I think now that we're kind of on the other end of it, our body, a lot of women's bodies are like, man, this doesn't feel good. Or, but you know, I think we need to have a little gratitude for the fact that our bodies did carry us through a, a very stressful time. Yeah. And I think that's where that flexibility needs to come in is, um, I don't try to frame this as a comparison is if you think about your house, right. You would say, well, of course not. If I said, do you think the only definition of having a clean house is for it to be clean all the time and never have any single fleck or dust of any hint of a mess? And you'd be like, well, no, that's not really realistic. But we do that with ourselves and we do that with our bodies that like, yeah, it's either my body is broken or it's the like, I have endless energy and I'm feeling good all the time and I can jump out of bed and get up and go. And I da, da, da. And if we're not anything but that, if we're not anything that like perfect ideal of health, we feel like we're not good enough, lazy, we're broken. And I think that, you know, it can be so beneficial to us to open up that lens of what it looks like. It's like, you can both, you know, have a good body that's needing time to heal. You can have a good body that's been under a lot of stress. You can have a good body that maybe can't do some of the things that you wish it could do or doesn't feel the way that you want to feel. And it can still be good and it can still have value and it can still be deserving of love and respect. And I think opening up that space to have that duality, to have both exist at the same time can open up so many doors for self-forgiveness and compassion. And again, for us to make different choices, right? Of like, if they both can exist, then I can take time to recover and rest and honor my body's needs while still you know, not shaming myself and allowing myself to recognize the value that I bring to the table. So 
that's the real benefit of doing this kind of work is just opening ourselves up to the gray of defining things for ourselves. And again, stepping out of the shame cycle, which yeah. so many of us also use as a form of like motivational tools of like shaming and berating and putting ourselves down in order for us to feel motivated to do something or in order for us to feel excited. And same thing, like you wouldn't do that to your kid. If you were trying to make your kid get up and make their bed every morning, you wouldn't say, oh, bad kid, you never do what I'm saying, et cetera, and expect them to want to do it. Yet we do that to ourselves. So the more that you can be aware of this sort of work, having value of learning these tools, of asking for support, of being open to having those conversations, it can be a total game changer with how you feel. Yeah. I really like what you shared about it's okay to have a good body and also to be in another space, also to be struggling with something. And I I think that's a really good message because I get patients that come in, they're like, man, you know, I just, you know, they've got one issue that's it's not, they're not, it's not making progress. Maybe it's something that's been really chronic and they're really frustrated with that, but they have some other things that are making good progress. Yeah. Like, oh, my energy better. I'm sleeping better, but you know, my joint pain is still really, really bad, but it, it's okay to be excited about the things that are moving forward, that you do have a good body. It's also okay to be like, you know what, this part of me is still healing. And I don't, that doesn't mean what I'm doing is wrong. It just means that this is taking a little bit longer and might, and that's okay. And yeah. the message I like to send to, we've talked about this on the show before and is that our bodies always want to be at their best. They always want to be uh-huh. doing at functioning at its optimal space. But when we have symptoms or we have things around, it's just our body's response to anything that's coming at it, whether that's food or that's a work situation or a relationship or the news, or, you know, we get all these inputs all the time and the body's constantly reacting to those things. When there's a symptom or when there's stuff that's not changing, it's usually your body's just trying to give you information. Yeah. And I think that's where the language that we use a lot is body trust. Yes. Of of learning how to trust that your body has your best interests at heart, even if it does so in kind of what feels like a backwards way, right? Yes. (laughs) I'm sure you see that all the time. Oh, totally. It's trying to get you to slow down, but it's doing it by giving you pain and things like that. Yeah. Or like when you get a migraine and the only thing that makes it feel better is to go lie down. Guess what? Your body just wanted you to go lie down, but it knows that you wouldn't listen to it unless you gave it a migraine. Maybe it's not our, yeah, maybe it's not our preferred method of communication, but it's the communication. So it's kind of like flipping that script of, again, I feel like the fitness industry, especially is so guilty for this of like, it's this narrative of like control that you're supposed to be able to like control and berate and beat down your body to get it to do what you want it to do. And so it's all about this like willpower and discipline and sacrifice. And, you know, again, following the strict plan and yet for so many of us, it just doesn't work. And so there's a, this other approach is, which is what we're doing is, is this idea of like, can we take a look inwards and instead of continuing to look for these external, you know, solutions and external plans and these one size fits all diets and workouts or whatever, can we trust that if we start with our body as the guiding point, if we listen again to that question, what feels good? What's my body saying to me when I try this food or try this workout or spend, you know, get this amount of sleep? What's my body saying? And use that as the information for us to make choices. And I think that that, you know, again, it's coming, it's coming at it with the idea of there's a value here that my body is wise. I can trust myself. It's possible. I'm capable of doing this. (laughs) I'm capable of feeling the way that I want to feel. And letting go of some of that control of recognizing that, you know, 
even when it comes back to that question, right, of like wanting to look a certain way, it can be also really revolutionary for your relationship with yourself and your self-esteem and your confidence to also accept that there may be aspects to how you look that are outside of your control. Genetics for one of them, right? Like, you know, even when I, I'll give myself as an example, even when I was at my absolute smallest, I still always had big girl thighs. And that was something that, you know, runs my family, all the women in my family have it. And so I had one of two options, right? Like I could continue down the road of hating my legs, feeling like they were too big, shaming myself for them, being embarrassed, hiding them and trying all these extreme things to keep trying to make them smaller, lose weight. Or I could just accept that this is my body and that's, it's not a bad thing that I have bigger legs and it doesn't make me less than, and all bodies are different and that's okay. And, and again, opening up that space where it's not so rigid as to be considered healthy and desirable. There are so many different ways that our bodies can exist and you just got to discover what yours is. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a perfect, that's a perfect place. And thank you. This was yeah. an awesome chat. So where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about your virtual community? Yeah. One of the best places is on Instagram and it's Great. spelled L-O-Y-O-B-O-F-I-T. So Leoba Fit. But also if your listeners are really struggling with this piece of, okay, I like the idea of what you're saying, but I'm not really exactly sure how to get started. I have a free guide that they can access. It's called how to embrace the body you have rather than waiting and planning to love the body you want. Awesome. <laughs> and it's got great actionable tips. So if they go to loyablefit.com slash love your size, great. They can download that. Perfect. We will put that in the show notes. So that's, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was a great chat. I loved having you on and everyone go check out her website. Go follow her on Instagram and we'll talk again soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Dr. King show. Be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review. It supports me so much. Plus, I always love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week.